So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. My guest today, he's the founder of the Sales Mindset Coach. He's a sales expert and he's author of Funnel Vision, Selling Made Easy. Steve Knapp, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's magic, magic to be here, Tony. Uh, delighted that you, you asked me to, to join you today. No, thank you. And you're, you're my 50th guest on my, on my podcast. I'm really excited, actually. Wow, half a, half a century. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So, Steve, <laughs> tell us how you got into the beautiful world of sales and how you got to where you are now. <laughs> well, I mean, that could, be, that could be a very, very long conversation, but I'll try and make it short and engaging. Yeah. Um, it, it's, actually, it's actually the only thing I've ever done, um, sales. Okay. And, and, it, and it, started, it started back in the very, very beginning. That uh, my first job was a was a Saturday job in the East End of London, mm. uh, working as a, a greengrocer, oh, yeah. and and that that sort of involved uh, buying stock, setting up the shop, selling the stock, and managing that whole that whole process, and it yeah. and it captivated me uh, really very early on, and, and it's far too young to know that it was going to be uh, a career, yes. not, not not only one that as yeah lasted 30 plus years yeah um but but actually it, it certainly captivated me and there were a few things that capt captivated me and without without sort of um seeming shallow one of it was the fact that the guy that owned the green grocery mm. store had a big jag yeah <laughs> and and i and i and i didn't know many people that owned um you know big jaguar yeah. cars and i yeah. thought wow if, if actually being an entrepreneur, being a seller, yeah. um, being somebody that runs a business has, has this stuff associated with it, yeah. I quite fancy, fancy that. So, that. So actually, when I went through school and did all what I did, my, my first job was working um, for Calagas, selling oh, yeah. uh, LPG and that liquefied petroleum gas. And I would sell that to... Um, uh, domestic um, properties yeah and uh, that would be knocking on doors and that was Blimey. quite an amazing uh, amazing introduction to sales yeah that's building trust very quickly yeah it was an experience and a half and I did that for quite a while um, I threw my toys out the pram when they didn't promote me to sales manager because yeah. they said I wasn't ready um, actually the hindsight was they were right yeah. um, and I and I went to join um, uh, Shell after working oh. for Cala, where I stayed for 23, 23 years. This is Shell International. And right. I was very, very fortunate. I had a great career mm. uh, in Shell and, and it was all sales. It started mm. out being a rep selling industrial lubricants in Sheffield. Mm. Um, that was selling to um, heavy industry when there was a steel and a mining industry in Sheffield and mm. selling to Yorkshiremen as an East Ender. Yeah. Um, in these tough, tough places was a great, was a great experience. I can imagine. I did, yeah, it really was. And I did, I, I did all right at that. And then they, they, they asked me to lead in time, the UK business uh, for, for Shell Industrial Lubricants, which mm. I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, and that was the first role leading uh, a team as such. Okay. Quite, quite a new, a new experience. Yeah. Um, with all the challenges of managing people, you know, when you are not the star, yes. you are them. And that was quite an interesting learning. 
Yeah. Um, and then I was very fortunate having done well there. I moved out to Africa. Um, oh, yeah. And I, led, and I led the shell business in sub-Sahara Africa for the lubricants division. Uh, and that was a very enriching uh, experience around mm. culture, diversity, um, you know, taking my young family to a very different, a very different environment. Mm. Um, and we had some great successes out there in a sales sense. And, mm. and from that, uh, and we're getting to the end, Shell asked me to design and lead um, uh, building their sales program. Oh, right. Um, and, and that was um, uh, Shell's first venture into aligning the global approach to sales, mm. processes, structures, policies, mm. um, but all driving results. Mm. Um, and, I, and I did that. And I did that for a number of years. Um, but then, then ultimately left and set up the businesses that you mentioned in your introduction so i've yeah. always been in sales and i've just done all sorts of different roles whilst i've i've been in it and i, and I it. think that's one of the amazing things about sales just yeah. to top this off is that you can do so much in the profession of selling absolutely it's so adaptable i totally get that when did you set up the sales mindset coach so that was about three years ago amazing that was about three years yeah, yeah. And, and a question yeah. on on your journey you know you said you said when you were door knocking working for Cala, you had to build trust quickly how from your experience how did you achieve that <laughs> well it, it, it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating piece right because i'm not sure how much face-to-face -face and trust building is a skill that is at the very beginning of a sales journey now mm. because a lot of that trust building is done through your content yeah. and your your social footprint where we're back in the days mm. actually there was no internet <laughs> yeah there were, there were no mobile phones and and actually this was door knocking and yeah and a lot of this was to do with understanding the right time to yeah. engage with clients so not over um, a lunch period, making sure yeah. that they were going to be in the right time to be responsive. Yes. So a lot of the door knocking that I did to domestic properties was probably done after the school runs had been done and before the lunch break. So they were yeah. they were listening. Um, it was it was also being you know having the right demeanour, um, mm. you know being being positive, being being happy, yeah. and then and and actually recognizing the demeanor of the person in front of you responding mm. to the soft the soft clues yeah um you're always being across um uh, the local most current up-to-date news so yeah. you could join in conversations that mm. kind of stuff mm. was the softer side of trust building mm. in a in a in, in that kind of environment I love that. And I think all of that still applies today, right? I don't think that's changed. Well, I'd hope it doesn't. And I hope it's a skill that continually gets developed. Yeah. I think it's a challenge. I think it becomes more of a challenge mm. as the world becomes more virtual. Yeah. Buyers can research more than they ever have before. Yeah. So there is this conversation that talks about how important is it to be liked? I, mm. I think 
not so important to be liked, but very important to be trusted. Agreed. Um, and, 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 and I think it does become uh, maybe a skill that, you know, is, is something that has, has a reason to be nurtured and differentiates even yeah. successful salespeople and less sex, uh, successful salespeople. Absolutely. And, and I, I know, Steve, that, you know, through probably your, your experience and success at Shell and obviously setting up your training company, you, you've developed your own methodology. Share with me, obviously, what that is and my listeners, what that is, how it came about so my, my listeners can take value from it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I think the first thing to recognise is that in, in companies, um, people, first of all, want to know what to do. Yeah. They, they, they want to know what the expectations are and what good looks like. Yes. So very rarely do I find an organisation that has... Um, the requirements of the sales process defined mm. to the levels that it needs to be. Mm. So they might be running a pipeline. Mm. They, they, they might be having conversations about opportunities, mm. but they, but they might not be considering um, the strategy part. Mm. They might not be considering um, how the leaders lead and how that all connects mm. they, they might not be considering um collaborative partners and how consequentially things that people do impact upon the ability to sell or mm. the seller's actions negatively impact upon the organization's capabilities mm. so recognizing all of the breadth of the sales process and the sales um and how far sales permeates through any organization mm. there was the real need to define what the sales methodology was in mm. in shell at that time mm. and and that can be a very very busy piece of paper mm. and, and 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 actually there was a there was a lot of thinking that went on around you know what is what is it that we really need to get out of our sales function mm. and and to get that how do we provide the clarity mm. and that clarity was defined by a process mm. and that process was then stripped back into understandable and bite-sized pieces mm. that, pe that people could then take action upon mm. and recognize where they were doing well yes and where they needed to improve improve and this was a very important piece of structure that I now overlay into many businesses and use in all my methodologies around mm. let's have these key moments of impact yes and make sure that we're clear about what they are what outcome we want from them mm. and how they connect the business and how it connects to the end result so that's how the process kind of came about fantastic and talk me through that process that journey that you help hundreds and thousands of salespeople achieve great success yeah so it <laughs> there's, a, there's a number of key components to it fundamentally at the beginning it starts off with recognizing that sales is important yeah and and sales in your business must be at the heart of your business strategy 
So it starts off very clearly understanding the role that leaders, managers, supervisors of all departments yes. play in, in sales. Mm. And, and that's quite a challenging conversation in some boardrooms. Yes. That, that's quite a challenging conversation when we've got habits and history that aren't necessarily deep rooted in the importance of selling mm. and sales in a business. And, and that could be simply about aligning sales and marketing activities, right? Yeah. Um, often, often we see those as two different departments, yes. two different budgets, two different measures. And then we wonder why sellers are going out with marketing messages that customers aren't responding to totally. why sellers aren't, aren't coming back and giving the information that marketing need it's mm. because unintentionally you've built these silos so yes it was really important the first one was to get sales in the business strategy really mm. really really important uh, the, the next one was to really understand about what it is we want to achieve um, from from a growth perspective, not mm. only from the business, yeah, but from individuals as well. So, mm. you know, be clear about targets, mm. but be clear about the competencies, um, and be clear about what it is we need to do mm. to get to get the growth. Mm. You know, it's easy to say sell more. It's yes. far more difficult to get into the granularity of that and and building a process and a structure beneath that mm. helps you answer helps you answer that question mm. and that was really really important and that that could be things as simple tony as mm. as putting league tables in a business yes. yeah making making performance visible yes versus not visible to the rest of the organization what do you do it on that I want to ask a question on that, Steve, because I, I always recommend that in my in my sales training that I, I call it a sales ladder. So you have all the yeah. KPIs at the top, but sometimes I get pushback from the director saying some of my team would hate to have their name up there. They don't want it visible. How, as a yeah. coach and a trainer, how do you deal with that? I, I mean, I, I recognize it. Mm. Uh, and I recognize in some companies, it might be entirely against the culture mm. where where they're actually into a team delivery. Mm. But if you're in an individual delivery game that equals the sum, the point is the poor performer will always look yeah. to refute the need for a league table. Yes. Um, and a salesperson generally likes to be recognized for their achievements. Yes. And a salesperson that's successful likes to be at the top of yeah. the log. Yeah. And <laughs> um, remember the job of the leader there is to encourage and nurture performance. Mm. And, and if you're clear about the results you're trying to get, mm. you know, the fact that some people are not on the top, it doesn't mean they're not achieving the result. Yes. It just means somebody's doing better than yes. you are. That's a good and, point. And we know in sales, Tony, don't we, that sometimes, sometimes you know we get a bit of luck and yeah. that person that's on top of the the log might have had that bit of luck yes. well they're the breaks with sales they're the yes. breaks but but normally the people that are at the top are the ones that are driving the best performance and the ones that are at the bottom 
are the ones that are struggling. Now, the job of a leader mm. is to recognise whether that's a competency gap, yes, or whether that is a capability gap, mm. and and that's and that's the piece that league tables help you mm. recognise. Mm. Can I do something about that, or is this just the wrong person in the role? Yeah, love that. I love that. I, I want to ask this, Steve. I want to know, I know you've been in sales for, as you said, 30 years. Which one sale really stands out to you that you're, you're probably most proud of and or you took the most lessons from it? Yeah, I think some of the lessons are simple lessons. Mm. Um, and the, the sales call that I learned the most from it's a good question actually to reflect about this um the first question the 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 sale that i learned the most from yeah um was visiting toyota when i was in africa in durban i i lived in johannesburg oh right and and to get to durban was a was a flight i had to jump on a an airplane yeah um and i remember i arrived um at Durban, uh, Durban Airport, was picked yeah. up by the sales manager. This was a, an observation call that I was on. And I sat in the car park at Toyota, mm. having flown a couple of hours, and said, right, what, what, are, we, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And, and, and the sales manager turned around and said, um, I'm not really sure yet. Let's just go in and see. And I... Right. And I, and I I kind of said to myself, oh dear, yes, this, this, is, this is my own doing. So I, 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 rather, I rather sort of um, deliberately decided, because the answer wasn't good, to not go in the sales call. Yes. Um, and, and, and whilst I wanted to chastise the sales manager for not preparing, yes. actually, while I was sat in the car, I was furious with myself mm. because I hadn't done the pre-call preparation. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't gone through the diligence of valuing my time, my mm. prospects, my customers' time to actually work through what the purpose of that meeting would be. Yes. What outcome would my customer be expecting? What yeah. would I need to do to overcome any objections? Mm. And, and that, that miss on my part has stuck with me mm. for, for um, well, since that yeah. day. That, that pre-call planning and being prepared is such a valuable piece, not only for, 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 for you as a seller, totally. but for your, 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 your prospect and your, and your buyer. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. I know you've worked with so many salespeople, you know, throughout your career. What, what's some of the best advice that you've ever been given along your journey? <laughs> well, this is distilling a lot of good advice from a lot of good, <laughs> a yeah. lot of good people. And actually some of that advice is, is far more current and modern, right? So, yeah. so, so social media didn't exist when I started selling. Mm. So there, there's 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 tactical advice that changes mm. but but I, but but i would probably say when i talk to sellers business owners 
uh, and sales leaders, there are three things that always, always stick with me. Mm. And the first one is trust your process. Yeah. So, and, and that, that implies two things. That implies one, that you have one. Yes, quite important. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and secondly, that you use it. Yeah. So the reason I find many sellers miss is because they try to either shortcut the sales process. Yeah. Or they actually don't have one. Yeah. And, and therefore, trusting the process is, has been something that always, always um, sticks with me. And when I work with, with clients, it's one of the first places we look at. Yeah. Where is your process? Um, the, se the second one is, and again, it, it remains consistent, whether it's traditional selling or modern selling, it's know your customer. Mm. Know, know your customer. And, you know, there are, you know, there are two aspects to this again. Mm. You know, know what they want to experience. Mm. You know, you know, know, what, know what good looks like for your customer because mm. that's, what, that's what they're buying. Yes. Uh, you know, what good looks like for you doesn't actually matter at this moment in time. Yes. And, and, then, and then the other part is you know, don't sell how you like to buy. Yeah, that's you know, so sell how your Sell how your buyer likes to buy. And how do you and, know... How do you know how your buyer likes to buy? Well, it, it kind of can feed back to the previous point. Your sales process should match your buyer's buying journey, right? Mm. And that, that's, that's the textbook answer to that. Mm. Knowing how your buyer buys just by default knows you know, means you know their buying journey, mm. where, it, where they hang out, where it starts. The problems you're solving, how they like to receive information, mm. how they make their decisions, on what basis they make their decisions. Mm. You know, and all of these things are really critical that you know your customer. And that hasn't changed. Yeah. That hasn't changed from my door-to-door -door selling to my now more social media-based marketing and sales approach. Mm. Knowing your customer, knowing what they want to experience, mm. knowing how they like to buy. Mm. is fundamental so mm. that that will be the second one mm. and the third one all ties it together and you might have heard this and said to you before tony i, I remember bosses saying this to me yeah know your numbers know your yes. bloody numbers absolutely you know? know your hit rate know your cycle time know your churn yeah you know and and so many sellers miss the art of pipeline management and that, yeah. that's a little bit that's a little bit linked to the fact that they don't know their customer and they yeah. don't have a process. Yeah. Yeah. I think so that would be the three things. I love Trust it. The process, know your customer and know your numbers. I love it. And, and why do you think so many salespeople don't know their numbers? You know, if I say to them, how many calls does it make to get an appointment? They look at me with a blank expression you know and and conversion rates is so key what why do you what do you think that's down to that's a big question my 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 initial reaction mm. is poor sales leadership mm. meaning they're not actually being asked those questions by their line managers their sales managers mm. so the habits that we should be instilling in sellers 
aren't being instilled because the leadership isn't good enough. Yes. The leadership doesn't have the experience. The leadership doesn't have the process. Mm. And, and I think this is a really, a really important aspect of how we support the generations of sellers as they come through. Mm. We have to provide the coaching, the support, the insight that helps us as sales leaders mm. have those conversations regularly. Yes. Where it's not about sell more. Where did it go wrong? You're not doing good enough. Yeah. It's all about listening, empathy, learning, using data to help you versus using the data to hang you out there. Yeah. Because you know, if, I, if I'm not being coached as a new seller yes. to do something differently, I'm going to carry on what I'm doing. And, mm. and if you're not telling me what good looks like, Mm. I'm going to keep trying until I find out what it is. Yeah. The worry is you don't know what that is. <laughs> yes. 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 I have some really, I think, I think, really good I think that's point. the problem. Yeah. Really good point. I mean, Steve, knowing what you know now in sales, you know, you, you've trained over thousands of people. You're an author of, you know, Funnel Vision. What, if you went back to your first sales job in Cala when you were doing that door knocking, what advice would you have given yourself? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I th as, I'm, as I'm getting older, Tony, I think about this question more and more, more and more often. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it comes down to stand for something, be known for something. Mm. Um, and, mm. and, 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 and why, do, why, why would I say such a thing? It's not everybody that gray hair, has gray hair that you think, has gravitas or a point of view actually some very young people that with the conviction of what they believe mm. and and standing for a point a recognized and known mm. and, and i think as, as we start to want to differentiate ourselves as sellers mm. being being known for something being known for what's important to us mm. And then being consistent with that, with that, mm. I think will add will add enormous value to anybody moving forward. And mm. you know, I, I, yeah, being one of many is okay. Yes, but being one of many that has a point of view, um, that has ex, extra knowledge, takes a point to a different place, mm. teaches. I think I think this is the advice I would. I would give mm. you'd be really fascinated and curious about something yes and have a point of view yeah I think that's so key I, I think so many salespeople are just not interested enough in the people they're dealing with and and I think that really lets them down I think that's fantastic advice I, I, I must ask this before I I can share how my listeners can reach out get your book etc Steve what what are your top three sales books that have served you best would you say yeah so uh, it's really interesting i want to say, i'm going to say your book tony but that, let me give three others oh, well um, no you can start with mine steve i always appreciate <laughs> a plug <laughs> I, I think it's about what books have influenced me as well so hmm. so selling to win written by richard denny is an old oh, book brilliant absolute classic a classic yeah. book um uh, and it has loads of sort of lists top 10 lists uh, that I always like to 
I always like to use. Yeah. I've got another one that influenced a lot of my sales programming show. Uh, it's a book called Don't Fire Them, Fire Them Up. Uh, and that's by, uh, by uh, Frank uh, Pacetta. I don't know if you know that book. It's no, a, I've not come across it's, that. It's a, it's a really, really, really interesting one. Um, a really interesting one to take a look at. Yeah. And, and then the third one is another, maybe a strange one, but it's about leadership. Um, and it's called The Way We're Working Isn't Working. And it's written by a guy called Tony Schwartz. So okay. they're, the, they're the three books. Maybe two of them are, are less known to the sales community, but that's what you get when you get someone that's got as much gray hair as I have. Yeah, no, it's always good to share. No, thank you. And where, where can my listeners find your book, Funnel Vision, and, and reach out and, and, and read some of your great content, Steve, that you share? Oh, well, thanks for that um, kind, kind gesture, Tony. Um, yeah, so, so Amazon, of course, for the book, at paperback and Kindle. I think it's on the other, it's on the other shopping channels for books. Yeah. Um, I, I'm on LinkedIn, folks. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Steve Knapp. Just search for me, the Sales Mindset Coach. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're interested on Facebook, I have a Facebook group, the Sales Mindset Coach um, group. So yeah, all over the platforms there, Tony. So Brilliant. Uh, a lot of things going no, on. No, amazing. Look, thank you so much, so much for giving me, especially on a, a bank holiday, to, to share Good Friday, to come and share your insights and your value. I sincerely appreciate it. And it's, it's been so, so useful. So thank you, Steve. And thank you, Tony. And I'm delighted to be number 50. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look after yourself, my friends. Stay safe.